Hi folks, welcome back to the show. I am your host as always, Chris Whitaker, and you're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast, episode number 29, with 911 dispatcher and volunteer EMT and firefighter Andrew Cafaldo, one of my best friends uh, in life, known him since we were little kids, and we'll talk more about that uh, when we get Andrew on here. Andrew's going to talk to you all a little bit about his experiences as a 911 dispatcher, how he got there, some of the things that he's gone through, uh, also time spent as a volunteer, completely volunteer, EMT, and volunteer fireman. Uh, but before we get to Andrew, you know, shout out to all those kids, Joey Love, again this week, getting after it, working on his deadlift technique, sending videos in. Um, constantly communicating back and forth. Third week in a row, Joey loves getting his name shouted out here for training and getting after it. Hopefully, all of you listeners from Dexter High School and around the country, hopefully you're training, you're not making excuses. And, uh, oh, can't forget our listeners in Australia. Shout out to Sarah Katz and all our new friends down in Australia. Uh, hopefully, everybody's training. Hopefully, everybody's getting stronger. Uh, and making themselves better, even though we are still, in Michigan at least, where I am, uh, restricted uh, to our homes and only venturing out for essential goods and services. Uh, for me, had a reverse hyper, my reverse hyper come in that I ordered. Uh, shout out to Louis Simmons, the inventor of the reverse hyper, Westside Barbell. Um, really, I got that set up today, actually, as I record this, and I'm really excited to get to use that. So other than that, things are going well here for yours truly, and we'll get to Andrew in just a moment. But first, I want to remind you about our social media handles. If you are enjoying the Iron Dread podcast and you are a listener, make sure that you interact with us on social media. You can tag me, Coach underscore Whitaker on Twitter or uh, Coach underscore Whitaker 66 on Instagram. And use the hashtag ID podcast when you're talking about the show. Would love to hear from you. If you are a listener to this show and you have a good story that our listeners can take something positive from and you want to share it with our listening audience, please reach out to me either on social media or uh, at any of my other um, email, etc. In addition, if you haven't subscribed, if you're a listener to this show and you haven't subscribed, Remember, this show is available on any major podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, which is where a majority of our listeners come from. Shout out to all you Apple Podcast users. Uh, yours truly, I'm a Google Podcast user with my Android phone. I also enjoy listening on Spotify from time to time to my podcast. So those are the big three that people seem to be listening from. Also remember, our host, Anchor, has all the episodes there and you can listen right on anchor as well so folks without any further ado we are going to get to episode number 29 with my friend 911 dispatcher emt mr andrew cafaldo hit the intro music All 
Here we are. We're back live to record on the Iron Dread podcast. I am sitting here uh, with one of my best friends in life. Uh, I've known this man since we were babies, young, young kids. There's pictures of us uh, around in diapers. Uh, Mr. Andrew Cofaldo. Uh, he's going to be the best man in my upcoming wedding as yes. well. Uh, oh, that's gosh. how Can't that's how wait. close Andrew and I are. Um, Andrew, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Yes, thanks for having me on. This is awesome. I'm excited hey. to do it. Uh, I'm I'm glad you're here. And you know, we we talked a little bit before we started recording, right? The the podcast has kind of adapted as, as time's gone on, right? Originally, just started to be all about you know strength and conditioning at Dexter High School, and we really started to expand out uh, to for our audience. Um, and basically when I look at guests that I want to have on the show, I think about this, what does a person, uh, does a person have a good story, um, or a good lesson that they could teach or somebody could take from the episode? And, you know, Andrew's here, not only because he's one of my best friends, but Andrew is a, you know, and has been for many years, a, uh, involved in emergency services. He's been a 911 uh, dispatcher and supervisor. He's been a certified EMT. He's a, a fireman. So he's got a, a lot of uh, good things here to share with you from the world of emergency services. So uh, I guess my first question, Andrew, uh, maybe just tell the listeners, obviously I know a lot of these, maybe just tell our listeners um, a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, you know, kind of how you found yeah. your way to 911 and emergency services. Yeah, definitely. Again, thank you for having me on. This is awesome. Uh, again, I'm Andrew Cofaldo, Christopher, one of my best friends. Uh, I've been involved with emergency services. I mean, I'll say my whole life. Obviously, that's not, you know, 100% true because I was a baby at one point. But my father, you know, was a fire chief in the local volunteer fire department when I was growing up. He was uh you know, I think it was 18 years total. He was the, the volunteer fire chief. So again, you know, you join the fire departments here when you're, you're 16 years old. So that's something you always look, look forward to like growing up. I know you the same way, Chris, you were, you joined when you were 16. It's just, you know, it's one of those things. Both my brothers joined when they were 16, became officers in the department. And, you know, my, my uh, two old, my brothers are both older. The middle one, he's a, a career firefighter in the city of Kingston in Ulster County in New York where I am. And, uh, so it was just, you know, it's just something that was in my blood and starting doing that. I really got interested in being in EMS. So I started taking, uh, EMT EMT course, emergency medical technician course when I turned 18, when I was a senior in high school. So I started doing that. And right around that same time when I graduated high school, got my EMT and there was a civil service test for 911 dispatcher. And I was like, you know, that'd be, you know, that's something I'm really interested in. You know, I'm always listening to the pager scanner my whole life. You know, it might be something I'd be really uh, interested in doing. I took the test. I'm a horrible test taker. Chris knows that. When it comes to tests, I can't take them. But for whatever reason, I did good on that test. And I got hired within six months of passing the civil service test. And that was in 2008. So I just had my 12th year anniversary at Ulster County 911 on the 31st of March. So it's kind of where I got where I am. Yeah, I mean, you just get out there and you took that test and, you know, and I think that's one of the first things somebody could take from your story is, hey, you know, you just took that test because you thought you'd be interested in it. There was there yeah. was no guarantees. You just went after it and and yeah. uh, took a shot and you wound up uh, making it and have put it into a lifelong career. Absolutely. Like, I mean, I took it because I thought I'd be interested in it, you know, and never expecting it would one happen that fast. I mean, I was in 
I had started college, but I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Like, you know, I was ideas, maybe being a teacher at some point, but I just, I really didn't know. And after it was my, I want to say I started my second semester at a local community college. That first day I started my second semester is when I got the, the letter saying I passed. And within that next couple months, you know, interview and all that. And I ended up with the job not too long later. So, I mean, and that's really what, what I, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I mean, when I started doing it, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And yeah, you, you never know when, when something's going to, when that opportunity is going to come Absolutely. your way. And uh, you know, it's one of those things where I know we talk at length, like EMS and emergency services literally was a part of this man's life ever since we were little kids. Like we, we grew up in and around the firehouse uh, as we were kids marching in parades Oh yeah, uh, we could go on and on Mardi with those, with those stories. <laughs> let's let's talk about Mardi Gras parades for a Mardi minute. Mardi Gras parades, my God! Because everybody, days, that's, right? Everybody that's that's listening to this that has been involved in the fire departments or EMS back home there in Ulster County, New York, and then around those areas. But for all those listeners that don't know, one. Let me let me preface this, right? If you're a Michigan listener, right? Here in Michigan, we have volunteer firemen, uh, but they are paid by call. So I guess they're not truly volunteer. Right. Um, they are paid on call firemen here in our local township. So I wouldn't even, I guess you wouldn't even consider it that because yeah. pretty much all of them make some sort of money to go to training and for calls, to my knowledge. Yeah. Uh, in the town of Dexter, where... Uh, we are based out of here. They have a a fire department there, and there are people that that work there. Um, in New York, it is where we are. A lot of the smaller towns, like our hometown, Isopus, New York, one two four two nine, oh, repping. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not even that anymore. I'm one two four eight seven now. I move up the street. I get a different <laughs> zip code. It kills me. His zip code changed. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you moved outside of that small little that uh, small square. Bubble. How how big's the the Asopus Fire District? Oh, please, I don't even not not very big. My God, I move out of that little circle, the little hamlet, and I lose my zip code. Yep, lose yep. zip code. But in our firemen at home in New York, it's a hundred percent volunteer. And people, and I'm sure, you know, I know a few firemen here in, in Michigan and, you know, depending on where you are as a listener, right, it might be like this. It might be a lot like New York, but people grow up, right, and their families are involved, like Andrew's family, or my family, and they grow up and they want to be, they, they, they aspire to be a part of the volunteer fire department. Yeah. Uh, no it's like a necessary passage in life. Absolutely. You know, when we were kids, we were waiting, right, for the day that we turned 16 so that we could join the fire department. Get that application ready for when you turn 16. Yeah. And and there's some people there, some people that are like, oh, you're that excited to, to go and, uh, you know, at times, you know, put your life on the line, um, you know, because yeah. obviously going into a burning building or working a car accident or, or things like that is not you know, we do everything to be safe, but yeah, you never know what could happen. Right. Absolutely. Um, you want to do that for no money. Damn right. We of, do. And on top of your regular job, you're doing that after hours, you're working a full-time job or two jobs and you're doing that additionally. Like it's, it's pretty, it's amazing really. If you think about it, the people, they do it, you know, they do this because they want to do it. They want to help people. 
and, and like you, when you fly your your department t-shirt you know when we would go to different places and we'll talk we'll talk about line dancing here in a little bit because that's oh, a yeah. big part of uh andrew and i's friendship uh but we go to different places and you know that would be that guy over there oh that's uh that's jimmy he's from uh platykill fire department or yep. you had your friend groups based on which fire department or ems squad yep. they were from yep uh, but when we would go to these parades all these volunteer people again they would spend their own money to go to the, these parades and and rent hotel rooms to be able to participate in the parades and do all this and Mardi Gras parades were some of our most fun ones because we got to dress up in some crazy outfits. Crazy so. costumes, no doubt. Even before we were members, especially <laughs> before we were members because they stopped doing them. Yeah. But Ooh. yeah, no doubt. The, well, I don't even know what, what were they even called when you, you know, they had the big helmet, the cardboard helmet down <laughs> on our shoulders and they painted the face on our chest. You're, I don't even know what the hell. Oh, they called. what were they? What were they called? My, my mom, my mom and dad would, would know, know for sure. Yeah. They're, I know they did like the upside down firemen when they covered the boots on their hand, but that was before us. I don't think we did that yeah. one. I but. did that one once. Did you? Because you had to, yeah. you had to wear. Now just picture this, folks. Right, you put a pair of pants over your arms <laughs> and upper body. Put boots on your hands. Put a shirt, a long sleeve shirt, around your legs, and slip your feet into fire gloves and walk down the street. <laughs> With your arms up in the air. With your arms up in the air, <laughs> like you're a, a person doing a handstand, and you would take a, a balloon, and then we would put a face on the balloon and tape it to the inside of your legs. <laughs> so it literally looked like you were an upside down human being walking down the road. <laughs> good times. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh, the the upside down fireman, the the giant um, fire fireman with the with the helmets. We'd make it. I can remember making big cardboard helmets and yep. putting it over and they paint faces on our, on our stomachs. Yeah, um, absolutely. There, there's t-shirts tied around like low, like down around our like knees. Yep. Every, I don't even know. I don't, I can't even remember what it was, what it was actually called. <laughs> there, were, there were some no, was good. crazy things. And, and we were just, we, we were young when those started and yeah. Yeah. worked, worked into doing, getting to participate more as members and, but yep. you know, we had a we have a lot of fun being a part of that group. And I, I coming from an athletics background, you know, it was a lot like being on a sports team. Definitely. You know, Definitely. you were you had your your group of people, and you know, everybody had a common goal, right? To be a, a positive member and contributor to their society as a part of you know, in our case, the Sopus Fire Department there. Um, in any soapist New York, and, and you know, not everybody got along. Nope, nope. Not everybody got know, along. There's nature, nature to be. It's just like anywhere else. Just like work. Just like school. You're never gonna. You're not always gonna get along with everybody, but you're there because you want to be there. Like that's that you're there to help people. That was really that was the ultimate goal at the end of the day. Regardless, you go on calls. You're there to help each other, and you're gonna work with somebody you might not 100 percent agree with them all the time. But yep. that's what you're yeah. there for. That those tones drop and everybody puts down whatever it, it is that they're arguing yep. about and, and goes and, and helps, helps people out there, out there in the world. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, so, you know, obviously the fire department was big. Uh, one thing I don't believe that they have 
out here, uh, they could correct me if I'm wrong, but we also in our town had volunteer EMS or uh, yeah. ambulance squad. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, the ambulance squad and, and that stuff? All right. So, yeah, I joined the ambulance squad like a little bit after the fire department. So I was interested in uh, EMS. So I was an EMT for, I think it was like 12 years total. My Actually, my card just expired the end of December of 19. Um, so it expired because I hadn't been done. I mean, I'm busy with my son and stuff. I don't really run calls anymore. I'm still a member. I'm still a trustee with the ambulance squad and I'm still a driver for the ambulance, but my card actually just got recertified by New York state because of the coronavirus pandemic. So they reissued because, uh, you know, anybody within the last year, they just automatically bumped them another year. So I'm actually still an EMT. Um, but yeah, so I joined the ambulance squad and, you know, I, they put me through the course. Um, the state actually paid for it through the ambulance squad because they have a number. Um, so I took the course. It was like six months long. Um, take a state and a written, um, I'm sorry, a practical and a written test at the end and you become an EMT, but then you go through the process with the ambulance squad. You're running calls, you're going to people's houses, you're taking care of them. I mean, it could be from, you know, uh, somebody that's having a, a, you know, an emotional crisis that they need, you know, just to transport to the hospital or somebody, you know, an, an elderly person that fell and just needs help lifting up or a full blown, you know, cardiac arrest, a serious motor vehicle accident, any of that type of stuff, you know, it was stuff that we were seeing. Um, in the town. And I mean, they still see, and I mean, you're just going to these people's houses and helping them and you're transporting these people to the hospital and turning them over to the emergency department. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy to be a volunteer and go through and get that training. And then you're doing this because you want it. You're getting out of bed at three o'clock in the morning and you're taking these people to the hospital. You know, people always look at it as, Oh, they're not, you know, professionals because they're paid, but people professionals because they're doing you know you're trained just as anybody else is just even being a volunteer so it's, it's actually pretty incredible being able to do that type of stuff i mean you definitely see a lot of things in the world or in, in, in around that you would not think you'd see before for sure like but no definitely it's it's pretty it's pretty cool yeah it's uh, and the the thing that you know you said it, it just it's a hundred percent volunteer and and there was people that you know, you know, you lived inside the boundaries of the of the district. So there there would be times with the squad where people would have their their hours where they're on duty, where they're expected that if that pager goes off to get that ambulance out, like they're the, they're the people that are expected to get there first. You know, we've had many friends of ours because where the fire department you could join you could only join if you lived within the boundaries of the district the squad the ambulance squad was not like that so people would join from all over our area to be a part right, of it that didn't have other agents that a lot of places just have commercial services where you can't you know unless you're an employee you're an employee so people that want to volunteer they're joining our our agency in the town of Asopus because you know the surrounding areas don't have volunteers so we're getting people that come there's bunk rooms at the squad building. People stay overnight, do their duty time there. You know, they come down, hang out. They take the ambulances and go get food within the town. It's, you know, the frozen rainbow, go get ice cream, Mario's pizza for, you know, the Chinese restaurant. That's like, you know, going to get food and bringing it and hanging out. It was, it's really like, again, like the fire department, a family, like you go there. I mean, for a while we were doing taco Tuesday. We were going there to be like between six and 10 of us. We'd go there. We'd make tacos every Tuesday, watch NCIS you know, and hang out like that's, you know, that was part of the routine. 
you know, giving up your giving up your bed sometimes multiple nights a week to go stay and sleep in a bunk bed for zero dollars. Zero dollars. So it, it takes a, a special a special person to be willing to do that. So uh, obviously, you know, you said it. There's times when you'll you'll come up on something and it's it's serious, right? Like I, I tell you know people stories from my time in you know the fire department and you know i i wasn't even in that long or at times when i went to college and started playing football my involvement went down significantly because i just wasn't around but even in my short time i saw some crazy things uh like you know some very bad situations um one of the big ones i tell is the when we had the head-on car accident there on uh 9w and the, the gentleman had crossed the yellow line in the middle of the night and hit head on to another car and he didn't have his seatbelt on. And I remember you know, your brother, Brian, who is a professional fireman in the city of Kingston and hopefully a future guest of the podcast. If you're listening, Brian, you're next. <laughs> you're next. <laughs> uh, I think he was there with me and you know, this individual had, didn't have a seatbelt on and he was pinned in between the, the door of the car and the seat. Oh. And, you know, we had to help him out of there and, and his, his hips were broke and, you know, his, yeah. his body, he was in a bad way. And, and if I remember correctly, I believe that that, that gentleman didn't make it. Um, those type of calls, you don't forget them. No. You, you, never, you don't forget that type of stuff. Like regardless, like you just don't. No. So do you have a, a good, a story of a, uh, of one like that, maybe from either the fire department or the ambulance that you were on scene? No, with I the- think, I mean, definitely accidents for sure. Like, you know, there's a lot of bad, you get a lot of bad accidents, but, um, I, I mean, I want to say like a lot of, a lot of my care, I never, I feel like I didn't have a, a lot of direct contact with a lot of serious patients believe it or not, because I became an officer very early on in the ambulance squad. So a lot of the bad accidents, I was, you know, on the scene coordinating other members to do, but I mean, you, you see people in these positions, they can't get out of vehicles and it's, it's, you don't, for, you know, you don't forget it, you know, and nine one. I mean, I think it's worse 911 wise for me, like going on a call and taking care of somebody when I can help them when you're on the other line or any other end of the phone with them, you can't do anything. I mean, you can do something, you can help them. We have you know medical direction we can give people, but you're not there. You're going off what they're telling you to do or what they're telling you is happening. And you can't physically help them. You know, like you can't actually physically do that. You can be telling, you know, somebody calls and they're, you know, they're, they're upset and crying and screaming and their significant other or whatever is not breathing. And you have to talk them through CPR and, that type of stuff. And unfortunately right now, the big thing is, uh, is overdoses, unfortunately. So, I mean, you got a lot of those and you just hear people sobbing over people, you know, I can't believe you did this type thing. And they're giving, you know, you, we have protocol, they give them, you know, Narcan. That's, it's very, it's very big in Ulster County. You know, it's, it's given out to a lot of people. Um, but my, the one call that always sticks out for me on, on, I always say this is I was very new. I was like, I started nine when I was 19. Um, very short time after that, we took a call in Olive, which is like 25, 30 minutes from Kingston. So again, volunteer ambulance squad up in Olive. It's all volunteers. People have to come from home. People aren't around. The ambulance doesn't get out. The commercial agency comes from Kingston. So you're figuring 25, 30 minute ride. Well, a pretty like remote 20, town. Yes. You're figuring. So I, 
I want to say the kid was like my age, 18, 19, 20. I think he had some, you know, medical problems, but you know, whoever called cardiac arrest, the kid was not breathing. Talk through CPR instructions to this caregiver that was there with the patient right on through. I'm on the phone with these people for however long, you know, the police department didn't get there right away. I was on the phone for a long time, like a good 20 minutes or so. I was on the phone with these people. In the meantime, the mother showed up and she got very upset. You know, I'm on the phone with both of them trying to calm the mother down, try to caregiver down, try to keep CPR instructions going. And, you know, they ended up getting there. I, you know, you do what you got to do. You shake it off. You go back to it's your job. You know, you do what you got to do, but uh, you don't know what happened. I have no idea if he made it, if he didn't make it. Like, sometimes you find out, but more than likely you don't. I mean, again, and that's just kind of something I remember because he was my age. So here I am giving CPR instructions to somebody to do on a patient that's the same age as me. You know, it's stuff like that. that It's not necessarily something that's going to be the worst call, but it's just stuff like that I feel like is what sticks with you more. The stuff that it doesn't have to be like the absolute worst. A lot of people always say it's like, and I'm not saying that I'm not downplaying that, you know, you take calls for homicides and we get calls like that. Or I know people have taken calls or people have taken their life on the phone with the 911 dispatchers, but you know, it's, it's everybody it hits everybody different. It just, it just depends on, on the situation, you know, what, how it affects you. Yeah. I mean, but that specific, right. There was something that connected with you right? because that individual was, you know, you could relate to him, right? He was your same, you know, age, like, and he's yeah. going through this and, you know, somebody's in cardiac arrest. And when we, we talk about it, you know, teaching health class or we talk about, uh, you know, CPR responding to emergencies and all that, you know, right. I use our friend Matt Hall's, uh, you know, another one bites the dust for compressions. Yep. Another, another one that we'd like to get on here would, would be good. Matt Hall. Oh, Matthew yeah, Hall. Matt Hall. Accountant by uh, accountant by day, volunteer and part time paid uh, EMS worker. Yeah, and fireman in Sawkill. And fire fireman in, yep. in Sawkill. He's a busy man. <laughs> He'll be good. We got to wait for tax season to be over, right? I know, right? Before yeah, we can now get it's him extended, on. so you got to wait. Yeah, <laughs> not all. Um, but yeah, we talk about it all the time. Like, hey, when somebody's in cardiac arrest, like they are, they are dead for all intensive purposes. Their heart is not yeah. beating. They. It's only beating gotta, because you're you know, doing CPR. You're getting it to beat for them in hopes that it's going to get started back up for them. Yeah, so, you're, yeah. you're bringing them back, and and that yep. you know, it's we we have you know we're, we have the you know the the kits with the uh, mini ands right to be able to teach with compressions and all that, and and sometimes you know the you know high school students are like when you say that like this person is this person is dead, their heart is stopped, and you you are trying to bring them back to life or keep their blood flowing until. Uh, more trained help arrives to take over. Yeah. Like, you know, for some of the kids, it's like, oh, whoa, you know, it kind of hits them, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm sure. sure. So, obviously, there's a lot of serious things, right? Oh, yeah. But there's also a lot of funny, you know, kind of at the end of it, you, you're you laughing as far as running these calls. Oh, no doubt. The stuff you deal with, uh, you don't even, I can't even begin to tell you the stuff that you talk about, <laughs> like the people call about. And the the biggest thing is it's an emergency to that person. They're calling 911 because that's an emergency to them, whether it's the, you know, 
uh, one I always laugh about is somebody called 911 and they were like, there's a, there's a goat chewing on a ball. You're like, okay. And is something wrong with the goat? Like, uh, I don't know what the, you know, uh, well, no, but I don't know if the goat should be chewing on a ball and it's like, okay, well, you know, let me get you in touch with the police department. Like, I don't, you know, we always, you know, you give them in touch. They want to talk to somebody, you know, you got to get them to talk to somebody and you just laugh, you get off the phone and you laugh and you make, you know, you make it through. That's the stuff that gets you through the bad calls. It's the other stuff like those that they get you through it. You got to, you work with a good people and you have a good time. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's something the people I call. It's amazing. <laughs> I I don't even I always say I wish that there was like we have a reality show at the 911 center like just watching our reactions after we take calls and stuff like I think it would be I think we make millions because <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are there are some characters that you work with up oh, there oh you ain't kidding <laughs> uh, our, no our shout, shout out to our guy big john winters big john oh, hopefully man. he's listening he he would be big, another great one our, oh yes he would he would be another It'd be great much one. longer than a half hour if you got him on here i can tell oh, you that oh yeah and he'd, he'd be the first one to admit that oh no doubt about it no doubt <laughs> and, and johnny mathiason up there and and, and frankie cooter, and crazy you. cooter yep, we'll, just, we'll just shout out all all our friends up there at 911 so um so for our listeners that may have never been um, to the 911 center in Ulster County there, uh, obviously, the, you know, every place is going to be a little bit different. But can you kind of just tell them, like, you know, what, is it, what does it look like, you know, when, you know, in that, in that facility for people when they are dialing 911? Like, how is it? How is it set up? How many dispatchers? How do the phones work? You know, the computer yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, no, I mean, most people when they see our 911 center, I mean, our 911 center is small, it's old, it's an old building, but um, so a lot of people don't think it's a, it's a 911 center, like they think it's, you know, just a house, but, but I mean, we have a good setup, we have eight um, consoles, uh, and at each console, there's a phone, which is just a computer screen, a small keypad, and a phone and a receiver that sits on the desk, and, uh, you know, we can have, wear head, some wear headsets, some don't. So that's one screen and that's the phone. It lights up red when it comes into this emergency line, kind of has like a siren tone that rings um, that tells you it's an emergency. And then just a regular phone for like, if it's a, not an emergency call, because we take a lot of stuff that's on emergencies too. And then um, two other computer screens that is our uh, CAD screen, our map. So it's CAD is compute, uh, computer aided dispatch. So that's where we actually input the calls and that's synced with the phone system. So you dial 911 from a cell phone, which is pretty much everybody dials 911 from a cell phone nowadays. You get GPS coordinates from the phone. It goes to our CAD, which links with our map, so we can try to pinpoint where you are better. Or if it's a landline, it'll actually come up with an actual physical address of a landline that it's locked, you know, that it's with the company, the provider. Um, and then right to the right of that, we have a screen with, with all our radios are on the screen with a mouse. So you want to talk, we have five tower sites in the county. You want to talk on a certain tower based off of where that department is you're trying to talk to so you move the mouse to the little lightning bolt over top of the the uh, the tower or the uh the tower site that you want to talk on you click it with a with a mouse and you start talking there's a microphone and that's going out through the whole county i mean i'm bad with numbers i don't know how big the whole county is but it's not a small county i mean you're talking you're talking 50 fire departments 
and um, I think it's 13 volunteer EMS agencies, you know, and then you got a paid agency and, and then the police, we're talking to all the police departments in the county. So we have a sheriff's department, the state police covers our county. And then, you know, there's probably, I'd say 10 or under local PDs that have, and some have their own dispatch, some don't. So, um, but if they're calling 911 for a police emergency, that's an actual life-threatening emergency. We're putting that out over the radio and, and getting all the police, uh, the responders to go to it. So, but yeah, so they're all set up. So it's, there's five, eight consoles. The supervisor kind of oversees everybody in the back. There's two in the middle, two up front, three call taker booths along the side. So it's, it's a pretty small area for a lot of stuff. It gets busy. It gets loud for sure. It gets loud a lot noise coming on the radios people on the phones and it, it gets hectic for sure you got to learn yeah. to multitask my wife always tells me i don't understand how you can hear you be talking to me i'll be up visiting you and i'll be talking to you and and all of a sudden you'll just answer a radio but you come home and i'll be talking to you and you don't even answer me i said well i focus all my multitasking for when i'm at work when i come home i need to rest my brain she doesn't really like that answer but you know whatever <laughs> works <laughs> i try it she don't like it <laughs> yep save it all for work <laughs> yeah uh, hey yeah you got to. it's it's something that you know not not everybody could do that like not everybody could could sit there and have all these computer screens going and you know I, i've stood over your shoulder as you've worked before and folks like stuff is coming in and you know he's moving around like there's nothing to it like you know taking a sip of his coffee as he's, you know, dispatching police here and getting another dispatcher to talk to the fire department here that needs to go. In, in addition, like there's a, there's a lot of moving parts going on up there. And I, I think people don't, unless you, unless you know somebody, you know, that's involved yeah. in it or do it yourself. Like you don't realize, you know, the, uh, the amount of stuff that goes, uh, that goes on uh, when you dial 911 and you're having an emergency. We actually just had back in, I don't know when it was, January maybe, Fox 5 News out of New York did a story on 911. They wanted to do a story on a 911 center based off that series that's on Fox 911. So they have the original 911, then they have 911 San Antonio or Lone Star it is because it's out of Texas. So the premier Lone Star, so they wanted to do a story. Somehow they got linked up with Ulster County 911. They came and they did a story on 911, and it was pretty. It was pretty cool to do. Like I was, you know, everybody was like, "You nervous being on the news?" But I was like, "No, I'm not nervous being on the news. Like I'm going to talk about my job. You know, I'm sitting here. They came in, they videoed it. You know, you did a little thing about it, and we actually had some serious calls. It was pretty. It's pretty crazy because we always say like, it's busy, and people call up, and we're like busy, and we don't have a lot of time. You know, it's like they'll call up for stuff, and it's like, all right, you know, can we put you on hold? And, you know, they don't think we're busy, you know, because if they don't hear a lot going on the radio, it doesn't necessarily mean we're not busy because we're taking calls. But that day, it was perfect. The news crew was there. They were getting ready to leave, and we took a call for a structure fire, and they got to see everything, like us take the call, dispatch the call, all the radio traffic that went with it, and then our bosses actually took them to the call. So they got some live footage from the actual fire. So it was it was pretty pretty crazy that that was able to happen because you know we'll do tours for local agencies and stuff and they come up and 90 percent of the time nothing happens the phones don't ring they're like oh they people all sit around they're sitting around watching tv you're all sitting around reading a book and yeah we are when it's not busy you know it's our job is to be there answer the phone or the radio when we have to but if it's not busy 
we, you know, we have downtime. We do, you know, we're able to do our other things. So, but yeah. you gotta, you gotta watch Monday night raw with big J Monday night raw with big J Mondays. People, <laughs> they know don't bother the supervisor on Mondays when you're watching wrestling Mondays, and Fri- <laughs> all Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. <laughs> oh, you gotta watch it on Wednesday. AEW on I, Wednesday. I don't even watch AEW. I'm terrible. I can't. I love NXT. Can't do it. <laughs> so, all right. So that, yeah, that's it, it's it is it's a cool thing to see. And again, that's why I want to have you on because you know, hey, there might be that that person, a young person that's listening right now, and they're thinking, you know, that that might be something that I want to do. And 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 yeah. I saw that that video that video package, and and if I can find it again, I'll share it. Um, I think it's on my Facebook page. If you scroll back through, I mean, I can try to find it too and send it to you. But yeah. yeah, it's got the whole video with the article from Fox Five. So yeah, definitely. Because I'll put it in the I'll put it in the show notes, and then any of our listeners that want to you know go and and see that, um, they could check that out uh, on on there and and see what you're talking about and what the nine one one center looks like. So um, okay, so it's um, we don't really have any much much else to really talk about with nine one one. You know, it is a, a strength and conditioning. It started as a strength and conditioning podcast, right? We're very active. Yeah. Uh, you and I were teammates on the Port Ewan Pistons Port Ewan Rec Pistons. League basketball. Oh, yeah. Port Ewan Pistons. <laughs> Two <laughs> wins in three years. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't win a game. Oh, man, that was terrible. <laughs> it was fun. Andrew, though. It was a good time. Andrew was a defensive weapon. Oh man, Spider Man <laughs> on the court. I think your grandfather used to call me that Spider Man. Yep, Spider Man on the court. Uh, but then, as as we got older, uh, you know, all of a sudden I come back from college, and you know, my best friend Andrew here is like, "Oh, you gotta you gotta come out to this place called Joe's East West in New Paltz, New York, and try this line dancing stuff." Yep. And uh, and th- that's probably the height of, and peak of your uh, physical prowess, right? Your <laughs> I think ability, so. Ability to line dance. Oh, yeah. You get a workout. That's for sure doing that. Friday hey, nights oh. when that place is packed in the middle of the summer. Oh, so I much. Got so, so much fun. Right, well, remember, remember, there was a time, folks, when, when we would go, and, and Andrew got me into it. And, uh, you know, we went on and made a lot of other friends. Um, Double D Duke, Frank Alexander, uh, shout out to him. Hopefully we'd like to have him on too. Uh, we'll yeah. talk a little bit as a line dance instructor, DJ and all that. And yeah, I think he'd be great, but you know, we had a lot of fun, um, no, out sure. there and, and, and cutting it up and line dancing and, and doing all that stuff. Um, how many nights time. a week did we, not just Joe's steel house, BFW, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. What was the, what's the place down in Newburgh? We didn't go there too much, but what was the name of that? Oh, Billy, Billy Joe's, Joe's, Billy Joe's yeah. rib works. Yep. Yeah. It was at the time. Yeah. I mean, go we'd line be dancing three nights a week. Yeah. Three, sometimes four nights a week. Sometimes four. Yeah. Closing it down, going to Dunkin' Donuts. Yep. Yeah. Going, <laughs> going and drinking coffee and, and Dunkin' Donuts after line dancing until 2 a.m. Sunny. Sunny. <laughs> Sunny. <laughs> I hope Sonny's doing well. He was, he was, <laughs> oh, he was a good man. <laughs> he was very, very good to us. Uh, yes, Andrew, 
Andrew and I and, and some of our friends would walk in there to grab coffee before before we head home because you you come off the off the dance floor you've been you've been dancing our our shirts are are saturated with sweat with the amount of uh, activity we were doing um, and then we go in there and you know you you, you wouldn't be able to you didn't want to go home yet because you were still so excited from everything you just exactly. did we need to wind down. Yeah, and we'd sit there and we we drink drink coffee, and Sonny would hook us up with the the donuts that he was going to throw away, <laughs> getting ready to throw out. <laughs> oh yeah, good, good times, good, good times time so, for sure. We won't. I mean, we we can we can probably do a whole another podcast on line oh, dancing no, itself. No uh, doubt. So we we won't we won't take it down there. But the reason why I bring line dancing up is uh you know we have this this thing that we do here on the podcast every week it's the the weight room song of the week uh, and, and all right you know you're not you're not my you're not a weight room guy uh like like i am but we're still great friends um but if i if i had to have you because you got to pick a, a song you're a guest on the podcast so you got to pick a song that goes on our weight room song of the week playlist so Maybe one from line dancing that fires you up, a song that you listen to uh, that gets your it gets your blood going and gets you fired up and gets you excited. You know what that is when we're line dancing, what song fires us both up? Colt Ford, <laughs> cold beer, you know it. You know cold, it. Cold Ford, cold beer. That will be yep. that will be this week's weight room song of the week, chosen by our guest, Mr. Andrew. Cofaldo, uh, this week here on the Iron Dread Podcast. Remember, stay tuned later in the episode and hear a small sample of that song. And you will, of course, find it on our Spotify playlist, Iron Dread SC Weight Room Song of the Week. Uh, so, Andrew, uh, unless we have any more good uh, stories that you'd like to share um, from 911 or any, any of those things for our listeners, I uh, won't take up too much more of your time. Um, the only other thing that I would ask you, uh, if you don't have any more stories, is uh, social media. If there is a social media handle that you have that uh, our listeners can follow you on, uh, you could let you could drop that. If all of your social medias are private, you don't want to share it. That's fine too. No, uh, yeah. yeah, my I, I would say my Instagram, acafaldo five six three three. Absolutely, they can follow it and. That's my, you know, that and my Facebook are the main two. I go on, I have a Twitter, but I don't go on Twitter too much. But, and again, it's the same as my Instagram, my Twitter one. So, Acafaldo5633. 5633 is my dispatch number. The county's the, for whatever, the number, Ulster County's 56. All the dispatchers get a number. So, um, my number's 5633. So, where that comes from. Still my only my second favorite dispatcher. Ulster I know I'm, I can't get up on number one slot for you there. No, fifty six thirty seven is my Nobody favorite dispatcher that. at Ulster 56 County. Fifty six thirty seven, no doubt, Big J. So, all right, Andrew. Well, again, I thank you very much for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, um, I enjoyed it. We'll check back in. Maybe we'll check back in with you, Andrew. Andrew and his wife are expecting their second child. Oh so, yeah! So he's going to be pretty busy coming up. But uh, maybe we'll 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 check back in with you. We'll do a line dancing episode. Or we didn't we didn't bring up one name on this podcast that somebody well, that you can't. Be, we don't want. Do we really want to bring that name up? The I, heel I, of all uh, heels. Uh, I don't. Do we want to give him the credit? Uh, 
Should we even drop his name? Ladies and gentlemen, my arch nemesis, um, the most hated heel, the most Uh, hated heel in all of professional wrestling located within the zip code of one, two, four, (laughs) two, nine, nine. And this, they're in, in and around the area of Kingston, New York, is Ben Hall. There, oh, I said his name. He's ben like, it's Hall. Like, it's oh. like Voldemort. You're not supposed I to I feel say like he's going to show up now. He's just going to show up. My phone's going to be going off. He's going to be texting me. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. He don't even know I'm doing this, and he's going to text me. I'm waiting. He'll just, he'll just randomly appear here. Our friend Ben Hall. Ben Hall is uh, involved in – emergency services as well he he's a nurse now um and we will and all all kidding aside with with ben he he has worked hard to get to where he is absolutely and and we'll we'll tease him we'll tease him but we'll have him on soon so all right andrew well thank you again for being on the show absolutely Uh, anytime and uh we will uh, talk again soon all right there you have it folks thanks again to andrew for being on the show now, the news story that Andrew mentioned in the podcast that was on TV in the New York City area is going to be in the show notes of this show. So if you want to check it out and see what the 911 center looks like, see Andrew being interviewed on the uh, Eyewitness News, I believe it was, out of New York City, you can catch him there and catch that in the the link that will be found down below uh, the podcast, wherever you find it in the show notes. So make sure you check that out and make sure you give Andrew a follow on social media. And if you listen to the show and you followed him after the show, you know, tag him. Use the hashtag ID podcast uh, when you tag him at his Instagram or Twitter handle and let him know how you enjoyed the episode of the show. So we're going to take a brief break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll come back with everybody's favorite segment of the Iron Dread podcast, the Weight Room Song of the Week. The Iron Dread podcast is brought to you in part by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction, available for all your DJ and line dance needs. Please visit crankitupdjdancing.com for booking information. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your favorite segment of the Iron Dread podcast, the Weight Room Song of the Week, presented as always by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. This week's song is a big line dance song in our circles. It is Cold Beer 
by Colt Ford featuring Jamie Johnson. This one brings back a lot of memories. Crank it up. Well, just pass me a cold one, but it's that time again. That neon sign says open, and I'm here with all my friends. So just keep them taps a-flowing, the first round's all on me. And as long as they keep pouring them, hey, we ain't gonna leave. Well, good God Almighty, there's a party in here Lord of mercy, I'm thirsty, pass me a beer Been working all day, about ready to play I done called all my boys and they on their way And we ain't going home till the sun come up And if I'm too drunk to drive, I'd sleep in my truck Won't be the first time, I show not the last Got my eye on that line with a heart-shaped ass She been looking at me since I walked through the door By time for old cold to twirl around the dance floor See if she got a thing for the old cowboys Who like to fight and raise hell I'm Make a lot of we'll just pass me a cold one, but it's that time again. That neon sign says open, and I'm here with all my friends. So there you have it, folks. Colt Ford's Cold Beer featuring Jamie Johnson. Great song. One of my favorites of all time as well. I'm glad Andrew picked it for this week's Weight Room Song of the Week here on the Iron Dread Podcast. Remember, you can listen to this song and every song that's been selected as a Weight Room Song of the Week here on the podcast on our Spotify playlist. Just search on Spotify and look for Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week. You'll see it. Subscribe to it. Follow that playlist each and every week when the new podcast comes out. The new songs get added, and you can enjoy in their entirety these songs and support these great artists that make them. So, folks, uh, that is it for us this week. So, all I have left for you is, hey, strength is never a weakness. Tough people always win. Where we come from, we're on a quest to become dread stronger. I'm Chris Whitaker. See you next week for episode 30.